All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To another episode of Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nast? What's up, Rigorelia? I know one thing: you bailed again on the boys. I just thought's all I'm saying. <laughs> Guys aren't happy with you, Deaner. There's some areas in his backyard. He's got room. You need to show up. <laughs> well, dude, jerseys you came in. You can't, I can't what? But you can't be switching game time from 5 p.m. to 9:45 p.m. in Hollydale. I got to cruise over an hour. to Strap oh, on. Here we go. You know, no one likes excuses, Riggs. We found a way to do it without you. Um, always do. But uh, tell you what, that Toby sticks hot. Just saying. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. And I'm it? terrible. So, oh, got it. Uh, I don't know if anyone was counting, but one and two apples, one G2 oh. apples. But uh, I'm terrible. Night. I was so bad. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> I was so bad. I suck. But it's Skating fun. Quicksand. <laughs> Oh my God. I wasn't moving my feet cruising. The worst is try is watching after, you know, during the, when you're playing men's league, it's like, Oh man, I was buzzing. Then I'm watching. I'm like, I can't Ooh. even show anyone the video. <laughs> it's so bad. No, I did. I was, uh, I was feeling a little, uh, little winded. 
the other day. Yeah? I don't know why. Some, oh. Yeah, not. I don't Maybe know if it's winded. I just, I just couldn't get rest. Is something I do need, <laughs> but uh, I get. I'll get that when I when I die, which could be soon. The way I go, but uh, anyway, um, missed you, boys. Are um, not happy with you. No, could I know. Be some hate could be some hazing going on next uh, next week. <laughs> I got to redeem myself. Jerseys, new few. jerseys. Yeah, you have to pop a couple in. Jerseys are in, or you know, yours was just sitting there waiting. It you saw the fresh. video. I saw the video. I should, I should post it. Guys, you're like, hey, good game, Riggs. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> not here. Jersey's here, but he's not. I was there Fuck in spirit. <laughs> yeah, you were asleep. You I were was asleep. Shit. I was definitely. But asleep. anyway, yeah. But anyway, uh, we had a we had a good time. Missed you. Hopefully, you'll make one of the games um, <laughs> this year. Uh, big, <laughs> big week, man. Hockey yeah. started last night. Na- National Hockey League started last night, and the Flyboys are starting Friday. Pretty, yeah. pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. A lot of a lot of hype. Preseason yeah. was so so, but uh, and it's hard to really gauge in preseason action, right? Obviously, you're not going with yeah. the full lineup, and there's not a whole lot of chemistry, so tough to evaluate. But uh, I know there's a lot of hype around. Uh, flyers and in, in philly and, and around the league so um pumped yeah. fi- we're here finally you know a lot of, know we're here, a lot of additions and pieces added and subtracted and, and here we are all the talk and all the all the preparation friday night finally get to see it yeah let's do it friday night we'll be there yeah we will ready to rock rock and roll man yeah it'd be nice to nice to be around the fans and be at the building, some, some some energy and all the noise, obviously. Awesome. So, you know it's gonna be buzzing. It's gonna you be. You know buzzing. it's gonna be buzzing. Yeah, it'll be the first time in what over two years here now that you can actually have some well some normalcy. I'm still gonna be rocking the masks, I think, but uh, but nonetheless, maybe be a be a ton of Philly Philly people flying around, buzzing around, and and uh, yeah, man, checking out what the Flyers have to offer. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm pumped. Man. Hey, Nast. Yeah. Are you ready to take your game outdoors? Well, I think you saw that I was a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I did. For over 50 years, Milik has been taking this game of hockey to the streets, driveways, and cul-de-sacs across the globe. They have. And you know what's funny? You couldn't wear any shin guards when we had our tournament. But I'm telling you right now, they're featuring out the MK5 shin pads that are the number one selling off ice hockey shin pads in the world rigs in the world and they also have they have a line of hockey goals ranging from light weight pvc goals all the way up to regulation pro steel gold oh yeah and nasty remember the old orange ball that started it all i do i have a few yeah you have a few i know you do it has evolved into multiple hockey balls scientifically designed to perform consistently in a variety of weather temperatures. Dude, I noticed that because we were freezing the ones, which was really cool. And they also, Riggs, they have a wide selection of hockey sticks for any type of playing surfaces. Yep. And Milik also has all your off-ice hockey needs covered. That's right, brother. So visit mylek.com and use promo code nasty knuckles to get 10% off your next order. Mylek hockey starts here. You know it, Nast. I think it's That's about right. time we tap into episode 44 and listen to 
the rocket rick tockett my man yeah great interview let's do it baby let's do it yep. here we go welcome back to another episode of nasty knuckles i'm riley cote and i'm derek Suttlemeyer. this week we are so lucky to have an absolute legend in hockey a flyers legend the newest inductee to the philadelphia flyers hall of fame mr rick tockett rocket tockett what's up brother a legend in my own mind, right? <laughs> good to be with you guys, man. I listen, I listen to you guys all the time. Got some good guests. Uh, you know, listen to Chief. I had to. You know, <laughs> Chief's got his teeth in when he speaks. When I played with him, remember he had those teeth? Yeah, balls, right? yeah. I never understand what he was talking about. <laughs> just hear me. Watching him on the bench when I was a kid, I just used to laugh. He had no teeth. He was always standing up yelling. And I, I said, fuck, man, you you are always standing up screaming. He goes, your old man was giving me those fucking pills. He goes, I was so wound up and I never got on the ice. I couldn't, <laughs> I had to do something. He said, Oh yeah, that's right. He used to get wound up pretty good. Yeah. Chief. You know, you know, I, I, you guys can all say this. I mean, I, I love those type of guys, great teammates, great, you know, unselfish guys. Um, and he does the same thing with the St. Louis Blues as a, you know, as a great coach. I think they're having a really good year this year. I really do. They got, they acquired some guys, um, um, I, I, I think they're going to be the top of the central them in Colorado. Um, Interesting. I so. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. I mean, chief has a way of getting these guys to work. I mean, much like, uh, the way you're wired, I think it's, it's meat and potatoes, obviously tons of analytics these days, but I think he found a way to, to get to these guys. So be interesting how it plays yeah. out. You, you gotta be careful with analytics. Like every, I was asked yeah. and I do, there's, there's something, there's some things that you, you know, there's information as a coach you want. Uh, but then there's a lot of pages where you just want to, you know, throw it away. Right. right. So you, you just gotta, yeah, you just gotta kind of dive into some stuff. Uh, but you can't, you can't manage or coach the game or, or manage your team on all analytics. I, I think it's dangerous, but there is a place for it. No question. Yeah, I agree. There, it, it, it can be very dangerous. So there's a fine line there, like you said, because I, I mean, I coached with the Phantoms for seven years and it got yeah. heavy uh, analytics, you know, probably even more now, but, uh, it's breaking the part the game apart way too much in my opinion and, and there's nothing that really kind of gets past the old eye test right the energy test that you really can't quantify right so uh, but there's pieces there they're valuable no doubt yeah for sure absolutely so a new gig for you hey eh? is that is yeah that's gonna be exciting yeah so um yeah when i when i lost out on a couple of head coaching job interviews i had some teams reach out to be an associate coach and I wrestled around with it. Um, actually, my girlfriend and and my agent actually they uh, they kind of said to me, "Hey, man, TNT called to, to go do a test." And I wasn't really going to do it, uh, Riley and uh, Nasia, because I was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I just competitive fire to to get back into coaching." But yeah. I kind of wrestled around. I went to the test. They liked me, and then I kind of weighed What's going to move the needle if you ever want to be back to head coach? And I really enjoyed TNT. I mean, what a first class operation what they got. Um, you know, I get to work with Gretz, which is great. And, uh, yeah. Biz is there now, uh, yeah. and Anson Carter and Liam McHugh. So we did just had a rehearsal the other day. Uh, a lot of fun. Had a good time. Um, and they're real loose. It's almost like a they want like a podcast kind of. You know, they want you to just to, you know, they don't want a pure hockey show where you just you know, oh here comes down the guy. You know, he, sh- he shoots the puck on the top shelf. You know, where the peanut yeah. butter stuff. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's, to me that's. That's just boring, right? I, you know, right. People, I think the average fan wants to hear some stories. They want to, they want you to demonstrate, and they want you to have a little bit of humor. Um, so they told me right from the start they don't want a hockey show. They want an entertainment show that 
follow uh, that uh, covers hockey. I, I think that's great because like the guys you just mentioned, you guys have great personalities and, and you can sit there and read and say like, you, you know, like yeah. chop it up to, to what everyone else is doing. But I think that's great that you guys are allowed to kind of just be yourself. And uh, it, it kind of shows people that may not know you, like we're lucky enough to know you, you know, your personality. Hey, this guy's pretty fucking funny. And, you know, he gets it. Um, well, you, you guys, I mean, you guys are involved in big games, right? Pressure games. And sometimes there's some funny stories or there's funny things that happen. It's just not all pressure. Um, and they want to hear like, you know, you know, what's the, you know, what, what happens in between periods and overtime, you know, like, uh, you know, or is there anything in a pressure situation, you know, pressure situation that happened? Is there anything that's funny that happened on the bench? Absolutely. And I think they want to hear that. They just don't want to hear, you know, the straightforward stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice cast. You guys kind of complement each other a little bit of everything there, and uh, that's a hell of a setup too. I, I saw a little bit of uh, yeah, your little your little cool. testing. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, like I said, their first class. So I'm, I'm anxious to start here on the 13th. And it seems like uh, you know if you if you if you don't get the coaching job you, you want, it seems like a, a natural transition. Not that it needs to be a long term play. I mean, but it's it's something to keep you in the game, stay visible. You're still talking hockey and having some fun, right? I mean, right. It's, uh, and, I, and I've heard you speak before about, uh, you know, assistant coaching jobs versus uh, head coaching jobs. And you want a head coaching job, right? I mean, you're a head coach now. And, um, you know, the assistant served its purpose, you know, probably as, as a learning tool and whatnot. But, you you know, there's only but <laughs> there's only a handful of uh, uh, coaching jobs that come up uh, every year. So it's, it's a tough. Right. But I will tell you, you know, uh, and I've been a head coach and stuff. And, I, you know, I've been a player. You know, assistant coach's role is huge. And they put little fires up for the head coaches. So yeah. um, I take yeah. that very serious. You know, assistant coaching, I, I, I remember I was in pitch with Mike Sullivan. Um, it was great. Um, you know, so you, you know, your job is to to help the head coach. So, you know, he deals with a lot of pressures and stuff. And if you can be there to put little fires out, deal with the players and help them out. So it's a huge job, you know. But, oh, yeah. And those guys grind. I mean, you were there. You, you, you're an assistant coach. You grind every day. Nasty, yeah. you've seen all the assistant yep. coaches. You've been part of the Flyers for 25 years. How many assistant coaches do you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a job where, you know, you got to earn the trust of the players. You know, I always tell the story. I was in uh, Pittsburgh and early on in my, in my assistant coach role there, and I remember I was talking to Crosby, and I said, hey, Sid, the day you guys start calling me a pigeon, I will quit. I said, <laughs> no, no player will ever call me a pigeon, man. I'll, I will quit. You know, because, you know, we used to, you know, as players, there'd be some assistant coaches and we say, this guy's a pigeon. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and I said, he laughed. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to name the guy, but I, I you know, I'm, I, I don't really explode too much as an assistant coach on the bench. And this one guy, I didn't get along with him the first couple of months. He's a very good hockey player, and we just didn't hit it off. And he came off one time, um, and Sully told me to go talk to this guy because he did something wrong. And I went to and really respectfully, and I go to the guy, hey, man, like, you know, it's man-on-man during four on four, and he started, like, you know, M- you know, motherfucking me right on the bench. And I that was my aha moment. Like, all the players are watching this. Do I take this, and then I become a pigeon, or do I go, and I just lit into this guy? And <laughs> couple guys had to get in between me and the guy didn't want no, want no part of me but the next day he came the, the guy came up to me the player and apologized and since then we've been you know very good friends since so oh, that's awesome. you know you, 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 you know sometimes you gotta you got those those aha moments where you gotta make a decision and that was my pigeon i don't I'm not, i didn't want to be a pigeon <laughs> <Yeah. that. laughs> no who does 
right. No, but there's a fine line there. Yeah, right. I mean, it's easy to be kind of maybe falling into that category where you don't get the respect you deserve, right? Because you're not the head guy. But uh, it's such an yeah. important job, it really is. Like you said, like there's that you're that bridge between the head coach. You got to bring out the oven mitts sometimes and get these guys feeling comfortable and. Right, you know what I mean. Right. There's like a lot of stuff that goes in, in, in on it behind the scenes that most you know most fans and people don't see, but it's yeah. and, I, and listen, I don't know, right? Like, you know, we're, we're an emotional. It's an emotional game. Like, so yeah. I have no, listen. I, I don't care if a player comes off and gets mad at me, or, 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 or you know, and respectfully, you know, gives it to you. Like, you know, you can say to a player, "Hey, he comes off," and you know, he might yell, "He talked." That's not my man, or blah blah. Start screaming. I I get it. I've been yeah. there before, but. Um, I've never really, you know, it's funny. Who's I talking the other day? I, and he said, I forget the player. He said that he has told a, a coach to fuck off. I've never told a coach to fuck off, like turn around and say, go. I've never done that in my career. I might've got mad. Yeah. Um, you know, I might've went after Mike Keenan a couple of times, but other than that, it, <laughs> no, I, I was always respectful in that way, you know, but I have no problem a player getting upset and, and, you know, and being mad at your coach. That's okay. It's part of the game. It's, right, a, it's, for a, sure. it's, a, it's a tough sport. Yeah. And there's a difference between just being emotional and telling your coach to fuck off. Right. I mean, that, that's like, in my opinion, crossing the line of a deliberate lack of respect. Like you can still control yeah. your emotions enough to just whatever, just be angry or whatever, but not, yeah. not cross that line. And most right. of the guys, most of the guys, you know, if they do, they, the next day they apologize. Like, right. So it's part <laughs> of the bridge. I, I'm not a guy that keeps things personal. So, right. uh, and I know a lot of coaches chief and, Travis Green or Buddy Myers, and they, they're the same way. They say the same. If a player gets out of it, usually the next day they, they apologize. You know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Chief, Chief told me a good story. I, I won't say the player's name, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you would care, but he took one of his main guys out of the lineup uh, a couple years ago, and he brought him in to tell him, you know, before practice, said, listen, you're not going to, you're not playing tonight. And the guy went, Ape shit. He's like, you know, fuck that. I'm playing. He's like, I oh, no, you're not. You're gonna skate after. You're gonna practice tomorrow, and you'll be back in. And the guys, fuck you, fuck you, fuck this. He he said he left the office, came back in, gave him more shit. And then he left, and he said he was the hardest working guy in practice. He did the bag skate, worked the hardest the next day, and he went on a nine game point streak. And he came to Chief and said, "You were fucking right, man. Yeah, you were yeah. right." He goes because Chief said. Watch the video. There's clips on the yeah, computer. Right. Go right, watch them. Right. And tell me, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you, you're not playing. And then, you know, this guy, it, you know, he was man enough to say, hey, coach, you're right, you know. And, and I love that. You know, yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. and look at the karma. You know, the guy gets nine points game yeah. streak, right? So there's karma there. And the guy, you know, kind of looked at himself in the mirror. It's great. Yep. And, he, yeah, he wasn't like a young guy. Either. The guy's been around and pretty good player. So yeah. I thought that I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool um story but i know you're like uh from everyone i've talked to and, and being lucky enough to know you like i know players love playing for you man like and, and i think that's you and chief are a lot alike and it's funny uh i don't know about uh gretz wayne gretzky as, as a coach like you do i know you worked with him but i'll tell you one thing he did the all-star game when I was fortunate enough to do it in 2017 i had him and cough like you can't ask for a better you can't ask for a better like <laughs> two guys and and the thing about them that was amazing was they actually stood back with me in this little back room where i had a skate sharpener almost the whole day and you know you're just like almost like they, they, they make you feel like you do like just one of the guys and just like you guys are normal because you're normal human beings obviously but you're elite uh people from the nhl 
But I tell you, grats on the bench. So we get on the, the very first game. Uh, Justin Falk, who plays for Chief now. Oh, so I love you, you, you know, you only have 3D. So they start the game off, and I think Falk may have missed an assignment or something happened. <laughs> they, they score, and he comes off the ice, and, and I was standing in between uh, Wayne and, and Paul Coffey, and Gretz looks over, and he goes, cough, and cough looks over, he, and he points at him, he goes, he's done. <laughs> now you got to play the rest. It was like the first 30 seconds. He goes, he's done. Set him down. Like that call starts dying laughing. I'm just like, this is fucking great, man. I felt like I was like with you and chief, you know, like it was just how you guys would be. Yeah. Great. But you missed, you missed the best part though, Bass. So he goes like this. So cops like, you know, so Fock was about to go out and cop goes, Hey, fucker. Gretz doesn't want you going out. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so cop threw him out of the bus, Gretz out of the bus. Right. Yeah, but then, yeah. you know, you know those all-star games. Everybody's yeah, tripping right. each other, right? So uh, yeah, it, it that was, was hilarious. That was one. That was one of my best days. Like uh, yeah. as far as that, you know, it's obviously it's not as a, a pressure-packed thing. But I'll tell you one thing: Gratz wanted to win. He kept saying all day, "Hey, like we got to win this. We can win this thing, boys." You know, like. And I was yeah, because like, he wanted the hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I said, "Hey, do the pigeon equipment guys get any of that? <laughs> get any of that?" But it was awesome. And Wayne Simmons who was playing with us, ended up being MVP, and he had a great day. It was just – it was an awesome weekend. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But uh, it, it's kind of funny. It just reminds me of, you know, how limpy Chief is. Like, I know a couple a couple of years ago, they uh, might have been the year – that it was the year they won the cup because they had Petrangelo, and he – long story short, he's telling me about the night. I saw the highlights, and he called me. I was in Pittsburgh, and I was going over to a football game, going to tailgate, and uh, – I said, oh, I, I just saw your highlights. And, you know, Chief, he goes, oh, that was cute, wasn't it? He's like, uh, you know, he goes, I had to call a timeout. We blow, you know, we're, we're up four to one. They score, they score again. And the boys come over the bench and he's like, uh, they're kind of looking at him. And he goes, oh, no, I'm just letting Larkin rest so he can tie it up since you guys are letting him do whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants to do out there. You know, and shit. So the boys are just kind of got their head down. How do you not laugh when your coach says right. that to you, right? And then you got Ott sitting there, and he's a smart ass too, right? Like, so he's kind of giggling. Larkin scores, ties the game up. <laughs> he actually did, but they went in overtime. So he, he's telling me all this stuff, and he says, uh, so I, he goes, I'm pissed off. I walk out to the hallway, and I see Petro talking to someone, and he, I – he calls him over and he's like, did you, uh, did you want us to trade you to Detroit? And he's like, what? No, well, fuck no. And he goes, Oh, you were playing for him tonight. So I just want to make sure <laughs> he's shaking his head. Right. But anyway, uh, that's, that's, good that's, stuff. That's, that's chief though. You know, yeah, that's pretty good, good stuff. Yeah. As far as your coaching goes, I mean, I, I know you're, you know, quote, you know, under the guise of a player's coach, I mean, you, you communicate well, you seem like a simple guy, you know, just as far as philosophy goes. But, you know, going back to when you played, you had some hard coaches. I mean, it was a little different philosophy, obviously, the way coaches yeah. communicate with the players. I mean, do you want to you want to talk a little bit about like, like that, that ancient way of coaching versus like the, they say the more modern ways of communication and, and how it right, is right, in right. NHL? Yeah. Yeah, like, like you know, my first course, Mike Keenan, like, and I, I really, he really helped me my career. Like, I, I love the guy, but, you know, there's also the time, and I, I don't like using the word hate, but uh, there's some times where I, I really despised him, right? But that was his way. He probably could, you know, I've always said this, and we've talked to Mike, he probably wouldn't be able to do the same tactics nowadays, right. back then, nowadays, probably not. Uh, but he got the most, you know, we've had some 
legendary brouhaha's me and him um but he was he was a he was a you know he was a like he was ahead of his time you know he's the guy that started the short 40 minute high tempo practices everybody got their water bottle own water bottle with their number on like he started all that uh, team dinners like i remember the 80s like and and, uh derek you'll you know your dad will tell him we used to have a million team dinners like I had buddies on other teams. They never had team meals. So right. the, and, that, and that was the Flyers philosophy. You know, obviously, they, you know, Mike had a team credit card. So, you know, you know, you win four or five row, we'd give the guys a credit, go, you know, go, go to a bar or something. So <clears throat> Mike knew how to do that stuff, but also, you know, when it's business, boy, he was tough. <clears throat> and, you know, he'd get on a guy. I remember he skated Scott Mellenby in the Montreal Forum. <clears throat> um, he had Scotty go from blue line to blue line. And with, uh, so we had to do it six times with about 10 seconds. You got to remember, Scotty was going to play that night. This is a morning skate. <laughs> and uh, for about 20 minutes, and Scotty finally, he was down. And I went to give him water, and he, he uh, slashed a water bottle in my hand. And uh, Scotty played that night, and he was my roommate. Scotty slept all afternoon. I think Scotty might have got a couple of assists or something. We beat Montreal. <laughs> but it was just his way, right? He did that to me yeah. a couple of times. Um, and then, you know, then they move up to guys like Scotty Bowman, like, didn't it wasn't didn't talk to him much. Uh, that was just Scotty. But behind the bench, Taskmaster, uh, he's a hockey savant, right? He just knew how to who to put together at the right time. Um, um, you know, he's a genius behind the bench. But you know, he, he wasn't a guy that uh, communicated well in the sense that. Uh, but um, I really enjoyed playing for him. Uh, Jim Schaffel, I really like Jim. Like he was like a father figure, big guy. Um, you know, he was a good coach for me too. So those guys, I really enjoyed playing for. Um, because they all had different ways, approaches of, 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 of dealing with players or coaching your team. Yeah. And today's game, you know, I look at, you know, I love talking to Chief and Travis Green. And I talked to John Cooper, uh, pick his brain. There's certain guys that you like to, uh, Spuddy Galan, I talked to the other day. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a fraternity there. Where you, you pick their brains. Hey, in these situations, what do you think? And, uh, you know, they're good enough friends to share their ideas. So that's what I try to try to understand what, you know, all these different coaches, what they do. Yeah. And there's more of like an actual like conversation going on with the player and coach versus back in the day, I guess it's more like coach, whatever the coach says goes. Right. Dialogue. And, you know, obviously the technologies now, there's so much breakdown and you text the guy, <laughs> talk about goals that are happening in the NHL and yeah. stuff like that. So that it allows that, but I feel like there's just more dialogue. There's a little bit more of like listening to the player versus just, you know, talking to the player. Um, that's, at least from from what I saw, anyways. And if you- yeah, you're you're dead on, Riley. Dead on. It's a, I call it a partnership. You're a partner. Yeah. Like it's not a dictatorship. Yeah, I'm the head coach, and <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of decisions I have to make. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's a partnership. Like you know, hey boys, we're going to do this kind of forecheck, blah blah blah. And you might have a guy pick up, you know, raise his hand or call you. Hey, listen, why can't we have F three play a little bit uh, in you know closer to the to, to the far post, like when we come on our forecheck. Um, and you got to listen to them because they have good points, right? Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, I mean, I, the head coach has the final decision and hopefully everyone respects it and does it. But definitely there's a partnership and the way you deal with players. So what, the one thing I really can appreciate is I played every role in hockey. I was a fourth line guy, third liner, second and a first liner. Um, I was a guy that didn't dress some games. So I kind of understand everybody's position. Um, maybe some other coaches don't. You know, the, you know, a guy that doesn't play – you know, he's one injury or one guy being out. And I've had some guys over my career that didn't play 
but they were major reasons why we won the Stanley Cup. They scored a winning goal or they blocked a shot. So it's your it's important for the coach to make sure that they have time for those type of guys too. It's just not hey, you know, you can sit and talk to Sidney Crosby for two hours all day, but you know, if you're not in the in the, you know, you're not in the room there or on the ice with the other guys, I mean, you know, uh, you're affecting their career too. So I take that very personal uh, to help guys, you know, stay in the league, but also be be uh, you know uh, be part of a winning team. Right. Yeah, it's important stuff. Yes. When do you uh, talk, like, speaking about, like, going back and coaches, and <clears throat> what, what are your, like, thoughts on the game, like, now? Like, obviously, it's 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 been changing for years, but what, what are your thoughts? I um, Obviously, that new rule with the cross-checking, when I'm not even sure it's cross-checking if the guy kind of pushes, but. And who knows how long they'll build, they'll call that. But if they do, you're going to have a lot more power plays than we already have. Um, I just wondered what your thoughts were on the game. Yeah, I, I think it's a little subjective there. Like, if, if I'm a ref, and I, it's funny, we went over, we talked about TNT, we showed, I think it was the Flyer game. There was two cross-checks, there was two power play goals because of the cross-check. One I thought was warranted. I, you know, guys kind of, I forget who did it, kind of extended his, and, and the guy went down. I I would have called that one with the new rule, right? But there was another one, I, I think, was it the Flyers who got it? The guy, he tried to kind of hold him up a little bit in the corner, like a little bit of a battle, and he got it. I, didn't th- I don't think that was a penalty, right? So um, the ones I don't like, and Riley, you were a forward, you understand, is when you're in front and the, you know you got a guy behind you, and as the shot's coming, he cross-checks you, you go down, and the you know, oh, yeah. is, is it's dangerous. Yeah. I'll be honest, that's most of the fights I had in my career is when I when guys like Stevens or Dan, those guys did that, then you're pissed, right? You go after them. That's what I'd like to see eliminated. If I'm a ref, I'm calling that every time. In the corners, I see, I, I tell my defense, you know, stick on puck, but once you get guys like Crosby and McDavid close to the, close to the boards, you got to get two hands on their hip, you know, I don't think you have to cross check it, but you got to get in there, right? And I think if they're going to take that away, man, it's going to be hard for a defenseman to really oh, yeah. battle in the corners. I mean, oh, how yeah. you, yeah. I mean, it'll be keep away all day. You know, how, I mean, how do you defend those guys, right? They're going to have the puck all day. So I think, I think it's subjective. And I think the real good refs know, hey, that's a real cross check. That's not a cross check. And I think right. it'll sort, I hope it sorts its way out as yeah. the season goes on. It's, it's almost like the guys, you want them to be able to battle and fight for ice, right? Like it, it's, if you can't put your hands on them, I mean, now, like it's like you said, there's going to be tic tacking around you. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, I'll tell you that, you know, cause you know, I, I, I get really like a hockey nerd when I talk about this stuff. Like, and I was talking to some refs about this, you know, you're in the corner and the puck goes up to the point and you're a forward that like, trying to get to the net and the defenseman just, you know, keeps, he puts a stick that holds you. I get they want to clean that up, okay? But the closer to the net, you know, the guy now the guy passes it, you know, around the the trapezoid. He throws the defense, and now he wants to get in front. Now it's on. Like I think that defenseman's allowed. To, it's a one on one battle. I don't want yeah. this guy to scream our goalie. You know, you're bought. You know, I'm, I'm a hey. You got to box that guy out. So there's a difference, right? I think in the corners when when I get to the trying to get the net, um, I don't think a defense can just hold the guy the whole time. And I think, but the closer to the net, that's where the battle is. And I think good referees know the difference. Yeah. Some other guys, they don't, and they just panic and they said, oh, they're going to call it every time or even in, you know, in front of it on a battle, they'll call it like an interference call. I mean, that's a battle. I mean, they're going to get right in front of your goalie's face on a shot. 
you know, you want to box out. So uh, those are the two examples I, I think I'd like to see a little clearer sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, yeah. Cause that, cause that line is, is fine, but there, there is a difference. Again, there's such a high skill game. If you, if you give them too much space now, because you're, you're trying to play on this side of it, like you, know, you said, like the, the McDavid's, all these guys rolling off you, like now you're on the backside of them. There's no more boxing out. And there's a big difference between a cross check in front of the net when a guy's shooting the puck versus you know a puck coming like you said like a, a situation where the guy's coming in the net and a, and a mini, mini mini box out i'm not sure that's like a cross yeah, yeah. it's a deliberate right. cross check but sure, sure. We'll see how it plays sure. out i mean i feel like i feel like early the, the refs are a little bit ang- or excited to call these just to like get them under their belt or whatever i remember the old ex- yeah. obstruction holding and stuff when they implemented that it was like everything was called and then over time, I think it just kind of like works itself out, but it'll be interesting. You don't want to change yeah, I hope, too much yeah, around the, ba- the p- around the net <laughs> puck battles, right? Because that's where like the meat and potatoes is. You know, it's like I don't know. We we'll, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Nas. Go ahead Nas. I was just gonna. I was gonna t- still touch it on coaching. Um, way back when uh, you were in Tampa which yeah. seems like forever ago. Um, and it was kind of, I remember the one day I like, you ended up being a head coach there. And, uh, but I remember coming uh, to play you guys and, and Turin and Amaki was there <clears throat> and I was tight with, he played with Riley and sure. Yeah. 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 Nitty was just a, just, a, I love Nitty. He was just so funny and good dude. So uh, I think you had, well, was it West walls, one of your coaches and, and OT. So, I, I see Nitty. I'm coming in. I see Nitty. He's like going to the ice. So I kind of go to your bench, the Tampa Bay bench, and he's sitting down and we're talking. And Walls is just whipping around the ice, just buzzing. Like, I don't know why. He's like, he's just skating around. He's fucking shooting biscuits. And then you see Otzi. He's got a few of the boys out there early. And he's like, he's like in his spot where he used to feed Hall in, in, uh, yeah, yeah, in like, yeah. Cam, Cam Neely. So, uh, I'm like, kind of like watching all this and, and I'm like, Oh, you know, this is cool. And I'm like, who's that? He goes, Oh, that's, he goes, <laughs> he goes, Wes Walls. He goes, he thinks he's better than every player on the team. Like he basically, <laughs> basically says that. And I said, well, he can fucking fly. I said, I know who he is, but, and he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes and Oti over here. He thinks he's passing to Cam Neely in the garden for one time versus he says, he, that's exactly what he thinks he's doing. I don't think he realizes <laughs> I, I was dying, man. But I was just going to ask you, I know it was kind of a, I don't want to say shit show, but a shit show, the ownership, everything was kind of crazy there. Um, what was that like for you? And then Stammer was a, a kid, a, literally a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, you know, it's, it's funny, like the two head coaching stances, you know, the ownership has been a little bit, you know, um, I, I don't want to say unstable, but it's kind of like, you know, that that's why I appreciate being, you know, going to Pittsburgh and Philadelphia teams with just like great ownership. Right. Um, so it, it was, it didn't have and, and the first star of that whole franchise is Jeffrey Vinnick, the, the new owner that went in. He's the guy that fired me, but he did a hell, he's done a hell of a job. I know he brought Stevie Eiserman in and then they drafted, you know, Vasilevsky and all those guys and right. you know, the rest is history, but yeah, it, it's hard. And, and Riley, you know, as a player, when you have a lot of outside noise, it's really hard as a player and a coach to keep that noise out. You know, you try, and um, I know in Arizona, the players did a great job of keeping the noise outside, you know, a couple ownership changes and a couple of GM changes. Um, and, you know, it's, you, your job is to try to stay, keep the team, the team focused. Um, but, 
yeah, I mean, the good, the good thing with Stamkos, I remember, um, I remember we had Gary Robertson. He was, you know, at the end of his career, but he was at workout freak. Great guy, Robs. And uh, I remember Stammer, you know, he was kind of strong. He's a skinny guy. And I said to Stammer, I called him in one day and I talked to his agent. I said, listen, I'm going to play him like two of every three games or three of every five games. And the games he doesn't play, we're going to get him in the gym. We got to get him stronger. You know, we got to get his core stronger. He's got to get some you know, muscle on his ass and his legs. So he doesn't get, you know, tossed around. And I'll tell you, near the end of the year, he was scoring goals. You could see him coming. The next year, he scored 50 goals. So, yeah. um, and I, the one thing I was proud of our staff, and, you know, we made that decision, you know, hey, we're going to do this to the first pick. You know, you, we might have got criticized, but in the long run, you can ask Stammer. It was the best thing for him. So, yeah. that was one thing I was proud about is doing that. And, you know, obviously, Stamkos has scored a million goals since then. Uh, I'm not saying because of that, but I think for him getting stronger and not trying to force him to play every game, even right. though we weren't a good team. Right. Yeah, that's a ball. That's a ballsy decision. I, I think Stammer's still working with Gary Roberts too, if I if I'm correct. I mean, he obviously built a relationship there, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things when you get young guys, 18 years old, coming you know coming out of juniors, is the strength, right? And if they don't have that 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 man strength, if you want to call it that, there's only yeah. one way to really get it is is to put the work in, right? I mean, you can play all the games in the world, but I mean, you're going to go through 82 games, and then you're you're not really getting any stronger during the season. Um, but that's yeah, no, that's uh, that's a pretty interesting little fact there, um, because you you know he, he probably didn't want to hear that at the time, but uh, right, right, make him, right, make him a better player in the long run. Well, you I mean you know you got to remember these guys are coming to you and they're they're playing thirty minutes tonight in junior and they're yeah. getting right. two goals a game, right? So it's hard for them to understand that. But uh, he he took it like he understood. His agent was really good at the time. Said, yeah, we understand. Um, and today's players, same thing. It's, uh, you know, I was telling you, Mike Johnson asked me to talk to Portland, Portland Winterhawks the other, this was last year. And, you know, sometimes I do that in a zoom call, the players, I just said to them, like, even for the top guys, the guys that score 60 goals in junior every year or, or 50, like you got to make sure you have another like club in the bag. You just can't come in and I'm a goal scorer and that's it. Because, you know, there's some players that were big scorers in junior and they don't score like that in the NHL. They might be just become 15 goal scorers, but they worked on their defensive part of the game or the great face-off guy or yeah. unreal penalty killer. So you better have another tool in the bag. You know, yeah. you're just going to rely on, Hey, I'm a, sh- I'm a shooter and a scorer. And which I don't, I understand that's your forte, but you better have something else in that bag because if you can't score yeah. and the other parts of your game are lacking, you're probably not going to be in the NHL that long. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I've seen that. Uh, a lot in the, when I was coaching the minors there is the, the guys have that mentality where like you know I was that go-to guy and then all of a sudden they're playing yeah. in a more of a, a distinct role uh, on the third and fourth line and they have a hard time because they haven't been trained or they haven't put any pride sure. into playing the defensive side of the game or you know really you know said like doing something extra above and beyond just scoring goals and you're going up against the best goal scorers in the world you better be a damn goal good goal scorer if you're gonna be on those top two lines and try and think you're gonna put up 50 a year Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a, sure. it's interesting dynamic. It's a, I think coaching is especially as assistant coach, as we talked about earlier, is, is just like a lot of psychology, right? It's just a lot of like conversations about like, well, it's there's an ego component, and it's, but there's also this 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 getting over the hurdle of you you got to bring more to the table every single day because if you're not scoring, what are you doing? You know, and if and if and if you're not doing that, then you're probably not in the lineup, and you probably line up in the in the back end of the minor leagues, but. Um, a lot of psychology, you know, because you got to get yeah. these guys to think a different way. Because 
when you're in that bubble, you know, like not that I scored 60 goals in junior, but you know, close to 30, um, you know, and to get, get out breaking out of that mold of like, holy shit, like I'm going up against some serious goal scorers here. And I, I can't just like rely on thinking that I'm a, actually a good offensive player. So right, um, right. it's hard for guys yeah. to wrap their head around, you know, because it's, it's a, it's a blow to their, their pride a little bit, but I think the guys that take it the best are the guys that have evolved the most. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's true. You're, you're true. And the psychology is, I mean, I always tell this story. I don't know if you guys heard of it before. Like with Phil, I was pitching with Phil Kessel. I mean, I, he's the beauty. I love that guy. He's a, he's a different guy. And every, the reason everybody, everybody loves him because he's got a different personality. I mean, I mean, you don't want everybody to have the same personality to be a boring team. Right. 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 Or, so I just remember Phil, he's, you know, he's, he's grumping about something the night before and that's just Phil. And I go, come on, Phil, let's go. <laughs> in the office and he goes all right and he used to call me ricky like in front of like, all right ricky let's go watch video right so <laughs> all right I, ricky so, Fuck, so I said, Rick, he doesn't eat eggs eh? so he, he eats the omelet everything but the eggs so he's got his bacon and ham and all there and he, i go bring it with you so we're sitting down and then, you know the, what he got from me and then he starts grumping and i you know you guys aren't playing me enough and you know i'm letting him vent right you know this and this and i i said listen man i said you know you got we. You, you have to have a good practice today. You, 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 have, you know, the last couple of practices, you're kind of loafing up there. He goes, "Ah, oh, come on, man!" And then I could see him getting like a little pissed. Not so much of me, just everything. And I had, and on purpose, I had the ESPN on. You know, they have that World Series of Poker on ESPN too sometimes. Yeah. So I, 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 I knew he was getting answered, and I just go, "Phil, I look. Oh, did you see that? What happened last night with Phil Ivy or something? I don't. I made something. He goes, "Yeah, did you see that? The guy had." You know, the guy overplayed his kings and he starts talking poker with me, right? And he's a, he's a big poker guy, right? And he's, he's good. And we and I and I used to play poker and I know poker pretty well. So we had a conversation for about two, three minutes about it. And then I on purposely, I told, I think, uh, was it Jacques Martin? I said, knocked on my door about 10, minute, 10 minutes in. And Jacques made me talk. Well, we have a meeting with Sully. And I go, Phil, man, I, I got to go. I got to go to the office. And and so now I got him down because he's now he's all happy about poker, right? Right. And I go, Phil, you gonna, <laughs> Phil, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna work today, probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay, talk. I'll I'll, I'll work hard today or, or whatever. So you, you got the, the reason I'm saying you got to get these guys on a different level sometimes and think of other ways. And I and I remember Phil in practice was unreal. And I remember Sully goes, "What'd you t- what'd you talk about?" I said, "Poker." <laughs> poker. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. How do you how do you play kings against aces? Yeah, yeah. So he just started laughing. He started so that laughing. was Phil, man. He, you know, he scored, oh, he, yeah. he, you know, he scored some big goals for the Penguins. I'll tell you that. And, yeah, uh, okay. But yeah, you got to you got to deal with you got to deal with different players, to personalities. We we all have different personalities, and we're not all the same. You know, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want 21 Rick Tockets, to be honest with you. No way. But, you know, you, you don't want 21 Phil Kessels. But if you sprinkle everybody in there, you know, you, yeah. you can get a good good dynamic in a room. Yeah. Uh, I, I was able – I've known <laughs> Phil for a long time. I uh, When he first came in <laughs> – he, uh, I, we were at the world championships together and we, we, I kind of hung out with him and yeah. fuck did I laugh just the shit that comes like, fuck me. Fuck, why are we going to skate? Like, fuck, you know, like just everything, you know how he is. He's so funny. But, uh, I remember the one day when you were still assistant there, uh, I stuck my head out the bench and you guys were just kind of getting in guys were skating around while Phil's leaned over on the boards talking to me. Cause I was giving him shit. I'm like, Oh, my, my phone must not be working. I didn't get that call for dinner. <laughs> You know, like, he'd be yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, fuck, you big time me every time you come here. He's like, what he's saying. I was like, you're, I'm like, you're the big timer, man. So I said, hey, uh, and I'm all, I always would fuck with him. I did it in Toronto. I've told the story before where I, I messaged him after a game. And I'm like, hey, bro, great game. He had a couple goals. And 
He's like, thanks, brother. Once he got, you know, out of the rake, I guess. And I said, hey, quick question. What size pants are you wearing? And he, why? Right away. Why? why? I mean, I, I barely hit sand. He goes, why? I said, well, they look, are they XLs? They look a little boxy. So the next day <laughs> he's in there trying every pair of pants on. He's trying to get a smaller pair of pants. And Pappy in Toronto calls him. Dude, don't ever fuck. Leave him. A, dude, it's the last thing I need is him in there fucking around with shit. So anyway, you guys are kind of getting going and he's leaned on the boards. And I said, uh, I said, fuck, what's going on with your twigs? He goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, I've been watching, you know, I watch you guys a lot. But I am a nerd. I watch a lot of hockey. And I said, uh, fuck, it's like your sticks don't have any pop. And he goes, fuck, that's what I've been saying. They got no pop. <laughs> so got no pop. I, go, I go down and uh, as I go down afterwards, I went down to see Tags. And uh, Sid was leaving and he goes, hey, he goes, what were you saying to Phil over there? And I said, oh, I told him this. I said, I always fuck with him. And I told Sid the story about the pants and some other shit at World Championships. He's crying. He's like, oh, my God. He goes, dude, he just said his stick had no pop about 50 <laughs> times in five minutes to tags and Dana. He's got to get sticks that have pop in them. <laughs> and we were just dying. But um the, the thing about Phil is like people like to like, I don't know, poke fun at him because the like the way like his, you know, not in shape. This guy's a freak, man. Like to yeah. me, he's a freak. And and your buddies with uh, Barkley. And I always say, like, I know it's different sports, but I, I'm a big basketball guy, as you know. Sure. Talk. And I remember when Barkley came out of college, he had a lot of baby fat still on. He was just big. But the guy could out jump. He was yeah. rebound out rebounding seven foot guys. He's six, four and a half or whatever. Sure. And I did. I kind of like always say Phil Kessel's just a freak, man. Like yeah. he can skate. Like I don't know, man. But you you've coached him, and he he loves you, obviously, as you know. Um, yeah, he can throw. He can throw a football fifty yards. He, you know, he's a. I think he's like a four or five handicap golf. He he, he always yeah. wins in the. You know, you have the uh, the training camp, the testing. You know, the jumps. He's a uh, he dunk on basketball. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he, listen, his body fat's a little high, and, and you know, he's got some. You know, I think it's his body type, and it's hard for him to get it down. Um, you know, he had that testicular cancer there. Yeah, yeah. And so he 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 is is you know, there's certain things that I think that affects him. So I think he you know he gets a bad rap sometimes. You know, listen, I love Phil. Have I got into him? Hey, man, you got to work harder. Of course, I mean, and he'll tell you. But you know, he's he's like I said, he's scored some big goals over his career. Yeah, man. Sure has. You're probably one of those guys too, where like you know, I think I heard the story about Marty Broder, where like the, the one year he tried to like train in the off season because people were like, "Well, you got to do some training," and you know, he blows out his bicep like the first week in camp or whatever. I think like Phil, if you like got him out of his comfort zone too much with too much work, you're probably like, you know, he seems like a pretty durable guy for you know for, for over his career. Like you'd probably be the guy that would blow a hammy or something like that because he just like overworked or whatever else, but. Um, he's highly explosive. You know, he said like, the jumps. I mean, obviously it translates the way he skates. I mean, he's and then and obviously golfs and whatever else he's doing, throwing footballs. But he's got the technique yeah. down. So I mean, whatever is working, I guess, right? <laughs> but it's hard to see like a guy that's like got so much ability and skill, and then and then you know not give it that extra juice that you know you would give or you know what I mean I would give because that's the way we're wired. But you know, whatever. You just gotta let people be, I guess, sometimes and let them yeah <laughs> stay in their lane, I guess. You know. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, he makes me laugh, man. 
Riles, you were gonna, you were talking about some of the the Tillies. Yeah, well, yeah, I was uh, look, looking up a couple uh, interesting uh, stats. Uh, uh, Flyers leader in Gordy Howe hat-tricks, NHL all-time leader in Gordy Howe hat-tricks with eighteen. But I mean, you talk, you fought like the toughest dudes, and I was actually watching a couple of your tilts. Uh, uh, with Kosher and Probert and Neely and uh, Wendell Clark, but uh, I got to ask you on the one on, on with Probert. Did, did you line up headbutting him? You might have fought him a couple of times. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. I hit him, but then he headbutted me. So, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, well, you know what? Like, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, you know, so you know, I had to be a little more tactical. I could throw with both hands, but I listen. You know, some guys, you're, you're so like a lot of guys. You know, they sit back and they just start swinging it. And I knew if I was going to survive, I had to be a little more tactical. So, uh, yeah, if I if I felt I could get get the advantage to get going, but but you know, I, I was I, I thought I was good at just kind of holding guys. I never really never got knocked out. I'm not saying that's a you know that means I'm a great fighter. I just think that I fought a little smarter sometimes because you know you're 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 out there playing a lot. Um, so I wanted to make sure that you know you know I didn't get knocked out. But yeah, a guy like Probert I, in the fight, I remember. I, I made a, t- a decision. Okay, I, I had the left, and I should have kept going. I hit him a couple of times. I think I kind of surprised him, and he kind yeah, of stopped. Did. And I should have kept going, and then we kind of fought again. And he, I don't know what he did. I don't know. He didn't do anything bad or anything, but I just I had my I don't know why I just snapped, and I headbutted him a couple <laughs> times. And he was yelling at the linesmen. Um, you know, I headbutted him, then he got me. When the when the ref came over, then he got me. So it was almost like he got caught, right? But uh, yeah, he was a scary individual, man. You Oof. you know, if, if you're if you're gonna come off on, if you're gonna come off on his arm, and you're gonna trade with him. You better make sure you got the first couple in and, and, and yeah. keep going because he's you know you let him loose. You know he gets that right hand or guys like Tony Twister, those guys. I mean, yeah. even Wendell Clark back in the day, uh, they come off that really hard. They're they're, they're looking to you know, put their fist right through you. So you better be ready if you're gonna come off your you know come off those guys' arms. Yeah, no doubt. And you were good. Like you, you, you were. You said you were technical, but I thought you you, you opened up uh, a lot. But you had some strategy around opening up. Like you, you tucked your chin in. You know, you said you didn't get knocked out. It's probably because you weren't exposing your face and chin. You know, there was. You know, if you're taking them, is off the forehead and or you know, uh, uh, maybe like the upper orbital bone, but. Um, you know, you, you you had some really good exchanges. Like you were, like, you you weren't just like a boring technical fighter. I mean, you man, you was like old school as it got, man. You know, like, yeah. like a little pit. Yeah, pit. I try, I try, yeah, yeah. man. I, yeah, well, yeah, you try. I mean, the one the one thing is, that, you know, I know you were you were a workout freak. But I was too, in the sense that I was a strong guy. For and when when I got inside on a guy, I don't care how strong the guy was, I I, I felt safe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, I was watching uh, Reeves teaching one of the Russian kids on the Rangers. Oh, I saw that. But, but it's funny, we talked about it on the panel, and the guys were asking me. I said he's not he's not teaching the guy to fight; he's teaching him how to defend himself. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's the most important part is telling a young guy, hey, listen, I don't I don't care if you. Some guys don't have it in. Them. I don't care if you throw a punch, but here's what you do to you know you're in a scuffle, and a, you know I think. I think Tampa the other night and uh, Panthers had a little yeah, bit of yeah. well, it wasn't it wasn't much but just to know that you know you're a guy that doesn't really know how to fight but you be able to defend yourself and hold a guy where you know I think that then then the guy has confidence in himself you know I, if something went down I know how to defend myself and I think that was uh, what Reeves was doing and I forget the Russian kid's name um, so he's not really teaching him how to fight I think yeah. it was more just how to defend yourself yeah hundred percent yeah that's that's a good point uh, because. 
it's a matter of time before something does happen and you know just knowing where to grab and just like self-preservation just to not get your ass beat you know and and really is what it is like the guy's not going out and fighting 10 times a year i remember like you know shell samuelson used to call it I mean, every every fight clip or, or line brawl he's on the ice for he's just standing there he's just like he calls it driving the bus right he's just like you just grab the guy on the shoulders <laughs> i mean obviously he was a big dude but like you know he wasn't looking to fight he was just like not you know if he did have to actually engage in a fight which is not to get beaten up uh, just more yeah. on, but yeah, no, it's important. You know, I think every every player should learn how to defend themselves. That's an important piece of playing a physical sport. Yeah, I, I and you know, I did a, I know that Ice Gardens uh, uh, documentary, and I did a couple of. They asked me to interview me on that. I, I've always said, man, I've always respected. Just you know, I, and I don't call them fighters; they're hockey players that can be able to fight and defend and help their teammates. I got a lot of respect for that. I I just used to laugh like. The Louis de Bruss was just like this a little bit. Remember Don, remember snack Donnie Knockbauer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back yeah. Then. Those guys before games, man, like, Oh, uh, like I remember playing with Louis and uh, with coyotes, Phoenix, <clears throat> like, Oh no, they just called up George LaRock. <laughs> oh no. Like, <clears throat> like, uh, excuse me, Donnie, Donnie Knockbauer, like they, the Buffalo had a couple of tough guys, like Andy Risto. This guy was a crazy guy. Oh no. They just called up Andy Risto. I'm sitting there. I'm like, and I remember Brownie finally went to, to snack. Oh, you shut the fuck up. You're <laughs> yeah, scaring everybody. Yeah, yeah, like, I hate those tough guys. Like, or or <laughs> Keith Kachuk would, like, go to Jimmy coming. Hey, Jimmy, who do you got tonight? <laughs> finally, oh, you know, fuck. Jimmy, John, Jimmy told Big Wall, will you shut up, man? You feel like, <laughs> stop, right? Because the last thing, you know, Riley, you know, you don't want to think. If you think about it too much, you, you, get, you psych yourself out. Like, you know, you go into a tough building, you know, the night before. I'm at dinner. I'm not... And I remember Chief and those guys, like we didn't sit there and talk, hey man, we gotta get, we got, you just knew, and, and, right. Because you wanna sleep at night. I don't want, right, you know, somebody telling me, hey man, oh my God, this guy's playing and this is gonna happen. Cause then it's 24 hours before the game, you're playing the game in your head, you don't sleep, you gotta sleep, like I always say, sleep, like we always say, sleep with the light on during your pregame nap. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. You know? So I just like, it happens, it happens, man. And, and, yeah. you know, you know that, hey, there's a guy there, he did, he ran your goalie the game before, you know. I I don't think about it until like you know when the, the you know the warm up and the game's going to start because then you feel a little bit fresher in your mind. Right. Um, that's just my philosophy, and that's why I don't like talking about a night before a game with my players, or or I mean when I was playing with players because then it just gets people wired up and probably makes them tired before the game starts. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, the last thing you want to do is, is is induce fear into your teammates. So your job is to like make them feel more comfortable and being you know, peaceful, right? So you can take on the anxiety and know you're going to fight or whatever. But the last thing you want to do is make make your guys teammate. extra worry. Yeah. Right. <laughs> defeats the Talk, purpose. We were we were uh, we had Marty Biron uh, in Philly for a few years, and Riles knows what I'm going to say. So <laughs> we're playing in Atlanta, and they had Eric Bolton, right? And he had played with him in Buffalo, so. Me and Riles were standing talking and we kind of walk out to the bench. Well, Marty's out there because Marty doesn't stop talking. That's just, that's Marty Biron. He's a great guy. Uh, and Bolt, Bolts is like leaned up against the boards because they're, they're going through some drills. And Marty just goes, Hey, Eric. He goes, You're going to have to talk to this guy tonight. You know, oh, yeah. Riles is like, uh, And then Bolts goes, huh, I don't want to talk to anybody if I don't have to. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, right. They were like, Marty, what the fuck is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, right, yeah. Like, 165 pounds. Like, and be my boxing yeah, promoter don king don king fucking sp- you know promotion there oh so man funny. well that's that that's that you know riley and nasa i think i don't i think you might have been there 
we're playing the Rangers when I was my last stint with the Flyers. And the game meant nothing. They were out of the playoffs. We were going to the playoffs. And it was last our last game where we went into, into New York. A couple of guys didn't dress. I played, Chief played. Keith Jones was on our team. And uh, they called up that uh, Dale Puritan. Oh, like, yeah. And Puritan had, like, you know, the, they used to call him the pure, like the purifier, right? He had the Puritan <laughs> on his back and his, on his tattoo. Back. And he's skating around in warm-up. He's got the Vaseline, and he's skating a million miles an hour. I mean, he's got called up, right? The Rangers, he's playing in Madison Square Gardens. You know, he's a fighter, right? He's got, I think uh, he had 400, 500 minutes in the minors, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I remember Chief stretching, and he's, you know, Chief's got he's laughing, right? And Jonesy's at uh, center ice, and he's stretching, and, and he goes by, and he yells at the Puritan, hey, Purifier, you're going to have to deal with this guy tonight, right? Oh. And she's like, will you shut up? <laughs> so first shift, Puritan starts running around, right? So I, you know the story. Yeah. Whistle stops. Chief stops. Instead of Chief goes, Chief goes to the bench. He goes right to Brian Leach. He goes, hey, Leachy. He goes, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to fight this big idiot, but I'll tell you right now, I'm going to fight you first and him second. If he doesn't settle down, I'm going to knock your teeth out. And I swear, and you can ask Brian Leach, we talked, Leach talks about this. He went over <laughs> to Puritan. He went to Puritan, hey, settle down, man. And Puritan <laughs> did, for the whole game, he played hockey, but the last shift he went after Keith Primo. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't help himself. He couldn't help himself. Uh, but oh yeah, true story. So that's great. Um, that's what I, that's really like the tough guy role back then. What I appreciate is, you know, you get guys wound up, those tough guys, I did it when I went to the Rangers when um, when uh, I got traded to Pittsburgh. They had Ty Domi and Kosher there, and they were running Mario. I went up to Messier, and I punched him right in the head. I said, let's go, because, you know, if, if you're going to do that to that, i got to go after your best player. And you've got to do that stuff, right, yeah. um, back then. And, you know, yeah, you're going to fight the tough guy, but, you know, hey, why not go after the, the best player on the other team if your team's, if your team's being out of, you know, out of hand? I think that's the, the best way to That is the best way. Well, that's yeah, the biggest right. way to send the message because it's easy to just go fight the tough guy, right? I mean, that's like yeah. that's a given. But yeah, sure. the, the real message goes is the reason why they're there in the first place to defend their, their, their goal scorers, the main guys, right? I mean, and so sure. to me, yeah. it's like everyone gets the message. If you just go fight the, you know, if something happens like that and you just go fight the tough guy, well, no one really learned anything at all, you know? It's like, but as soon as you, you know, bring in the, the, the go-to guys, all of a sudden it's a different animal. And, right. then, and then there's a real true respect, you know, you know, breeded right, right there in the moment. Yes, exactly. The uh, talk, uh, Chief told me another story. I'm sure you know it too. He was playing in Calgary, and Aaron Downey was just uh-huh. buzzing around, doing all kinds of shit. And Chief was in the box, and so time he gets out, he there was no time, but he went. He said, "I skated over to Mike Madonna and I said, we play you next week. You're fucking dead.'" He's like <laughs> that fucking guy. Chief said, I swear to God, we, we go to Dallas, we're playing Dallas, and Downing's not even doing drills. He's skating up down the red line, apologizing to everyone. Oh, for being a, for being a, that's what Chief told me. I mean, I don't know how true it is. I mean, well, I, I believe, believe him. He's such but a he said, genuine but guy. But he told Madano, I'm going to fucking knock your teeth down your throat because of this kid. <laughs> and and he, he said Downing was literally saying, hey, guys, sorry about last week. <laughs> you know, like, you got pee-pee yeah. slapped by Mike. Yeah, yeah. Well, say <laughs> it, just like he was saying with Leach, man. This fucking... They don't want to have that shit happen to them. Yeah, well, well, I say, listen, I, yeah, I just, you know, when a good game, a good like contact game, it's really aggressive game, but goals and stuff, and it's, it's there's a lot of good stuff. And the tough guys on the other team are, and, you know, they respect each other. It, it, you know, it's not like they're going to fight each other right there because it's a good game. It's it's the guys that go start stuff, and then they stop and they kind of, 
you know, they, they look at their tough guy and their team. Hey, go, you know, Hey, help me out. Like I, you know, the fire starters, right. You know, right. you got a good game. There's no reason, you know, Probert, it's a good game. And, and all of a sudden this guy, you know, running Stevie Eiserman from behind, or, you know, he's going behind Probert, you know, sticking his, his uh, stick in the back of his knee. Cause he knows he's not going to fight, but all of a sudden, you know, then he's looking Somebody. for the tough guy to protect the ice. Those guys I didn't like. I remember a couple of guys that had talked about, hey, if you're going to do that, man, you're, you better answer your own bell. I mean, I'll, I'll help you out on, on, a, on a good situation. But that, to me, is not a good situation. And, and so we used to call them fire. You know, I'm sure they call them today fire starters, man. You're starting to fire and you don't have to. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, it's a big difference between you actually answering the bell and then maybe someone else helping as well. But you starting the fire and then just, just disappearing. And then someone else man- <laughs> manage your shit. That's a different animal. That's just completely disrespectful in my opinion because what's the what's the point right? <laughs> no, what you're are you right doing? exactly yeah. yeah how how was uh real quick uh how was schoenfeld as a coach did you like shoney yeah i really like shoney a lot he um you know i'm, I'm you know i talked to him actually a couple of months ago uh it's it's one of those things with with old coaches right um that you you played for like you could go months or like years without talking and then when you do the memories come back you know like yeah. You know, Shoney, I remember he, you know, he's a big guy. And I remember in Arizona, Phoenix, we didn't have a weight room there uh, because we were we we're at that old America West. Yeah. And he said, all right, everybody grab a 25-pound weight. We're going to go in the parking lot at the practice rink. It was like a dumpy practice rink. So we're in the parking lot. You know, it's like 90 degrees out. We got our shorts on, getting the rays. And, you know, Shoney's that. It's almost like an aerobic struck. He's in the front. He had to, okay, do what I do. So, you know, we're doing this with the weights. We're doing curls. You know, a couple of minutes, like Bob Corker, those guys, Craig Janney, this is easy, you know, 25 pounds. All of a sudden, like six minutes in, these guys, they couldn't even lift this thing. Shoney's going <laughs> yeah. like this. Shoney for 40 minutes, man. He had that weight and he didn't stop. Um, you know, you know, we tried to keep up with him. Uh, but he was that type of guy. Like, he was just, a, he was a man. He was, he had, he had uh, um, you know, if you had a bad game, you know, you know, he let you have it. But the next day, man, he'd call you in. It was like a father figure. So I, I really respected Shoney, the way he coached. Um, we had we had some good teams there under him, you know. For I can't believe he got fired. He shouldn't have got fired. We lost to St. Louis in Game Seven. There we were up three games to one, and uh, but Shoney had getting fired, which uh, I can't believe he did. He, he was he was good for our team. Yeah, yeah. Chief Chief has a lot of good things to say. He told me a couple of funny stories about Shoney. He said he kind of he he's kind of a smart ass a little bit sometimes, you know, which Chief is. So he said he, he kind of liked it, but. Yeah, that's the the funny stories back then. Like as a coach, I don't see the, those funny things like when I played. Like like the Shoney and Keith Jones story, where you know they they, they butted heads, right? And then yeah. Shoney goes, "I had enough of you." Hey, Jonesy, you go in the office. You pretend me, uh, you're me, and I'll become I'll become you, right? Because Jonesy used to whine all the time. Yeah. So Shoney goes outside. He knocks on the door, and Jonesy's in uh, Shoney's office. So Shoney's, Jonesy's got his feet up, right? <laughs> Door opens and Shoney's now Shoney's play rolling as as uh, as Jonesy. Uh, hi Shoney, I want to talk to you. And Jones is like, "Come on in, kid. Put yourself, put your seat up, put your feet up. What's going on?" So then Shoney goes, "I'm tired. We practice too hard. I'm not playing enough." <laughs> so Jonesy was show Jones Shoney. He goes, "You know what, kid? You're right. Get out of here. Take the day off." Shoney got so mad at him. He goes, "Get out of my office." <laughs> So I love that. That is classic. Oh, Jones stories, man. He just, uh, oh. Joe, I, I mean, we could sit here and talk a million yeah, stories yeah. about Jonesy, but that was one of my funny stories with, with Shoney with a, when they reverse oh, roles classic. as the coach and the, and the, and the player. Uh, Chief, Chief told me he, uh, I think 
yeah, he would have been in Wash. He had him in Washington, and uh, quickly he just he was up at the board and he's diagram. They're playing the Kings, and he goes, "Okay, guys, here's what's gonna happen on their breakout." Blakey's going to go. He starts kind of hopping around. Blakey's going to get it. He's going to get it. Congrats. And he's going to swoop around. He's going to do this. And, and then he goes, everybody's all quiet, kind of like laughing and showing. He just whacks a board as hard as he can. He's like, boom. And everybody kind of jumps. He goes, and I want him fucking dead right here. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> Chief said, guys, you're just dying. He goes, but he scared the shit out of everyone because they didn't expect him to whack the board. Uh, I told, I told Shoney that story uh, when I ran into him, um, Somehow I ran into him in Winnipeg. It may have been at the All-Star. He was American. He was helping out the American, the Rangers. Uh, when he sure, was- sure. Yeah, and yeah. I told him that story in the elevator. He was like, he goes, yeah, I did that. <laughs> he was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> but, oh, uh, pretty I, speaking of toughness, too, uh, real quick talk, because I know you got to get going. But uh, I, I was like looking at um, when you first came in, talk about toughness. Glenn Cochran, Daryl Stanley, Brownie, obviously, the, the Bruce brothers, they had that shirt. I know as a kid, I used to rock that shirt all the time. Holy shit, man. That's a tough team. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. And, uh, you know, right, you've been on teams where you, you might have been the only guy in your team. I was lucky, man. I had We had six or seven deep. I mean, we were you know, you name those guys, Dave Brown, when Chief got called up, you know, yeah. um, you know, Glenn Cochran, uh, who's, you know, uh, you know, we had, you know, even, even guys like Lindsey Carson, the Sutter brothers, they would fight, Richie would fight. Like we had so many guys that would just back you up. Uh, teams were scared. I'm telling you teams and you're going to ask, you know, your dad will tell you this story. You know, teams didn't want the game to go out of hand either way because they knew if it became five to one flyers, things are going to happen. Or if they were losing, which we, we didn't lose very often five to one, but, um, everybody took their share. Um, you know, Dave Brown was obviously the king of the king of the hill there for a lot of years. Uh, so to be able to play with that guy and Stanley's, it really, I was very lucky, you know, it wasn't, I went to a team that you only had one guy or, you know, we always talk about, you know, the guy that's a lone guy, he's got the pork chop around his neck. Yeah. You know, right. he's still around yeah. 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 <laughs> lone guy and you got six guys over there and Riley, I'm sure you've dealt with those guys. It, yep. It's hard, man. It's hard. It's a hard thing. So I was, you know, very lucky to play. I, I think it was one of the toughest teams in the history of hockey that uh, for my five, six years there, there were some tough guys. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys will tell you that it, it was probably one of the toughest teams ever. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, cause you, you, you played with three years in junior and then you, you turn, you turn pro, you played right, right in the NHL that, that, yeah. that next year. And you had almost 200 penalty minutes and, you know, solid point production, but I mean, obviously, obviously big difference between fighting, you know, junior hockey players versus fighting men. Uh, but obviously, kind of what you're talking about, give you a little confidence knowing that you have support, a support system of tough guys and maybe just give you extra confidence coming in. I mean, you're what, 19 years old fighting in the NHL. I mean, and pretty regularly, it looks like. I mean, 184 PIMS. Um, that's not easy to do. You know, I don't think most guys have really ever done that. Yeah, I was telling that story. We're in an exhibition game against Minnesota, and uh, there was a guy there who's he had like five, six hundred minutes in the year before, and you know he was just he was there on a weather just to, to fight, right? And um, he's skating around, and he's looking at everybody's looking at me. You're gonna get it, and I, 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 my heart's pumping. I'll tell you, I'm 19. You know, yeah, you know whether I don't really use the word scared, but I was like, oh my god, what am I? What's going on here? <laughs> and and uh, the game's gonna start. And I'm going out there and I'm like, you know, you got anxiety, right? You know, this guy. And I remember the first shift, Dave Brown went up to this guy and he broke, you talked about the orbit one and broke his orbit one, knocked this guy out. The guy was done. One shift. 
And I, the next shift, I'm like, you know, it's like he just c- killed the boogeyman, man. I'm, yeah. so I'm out there and I'm sticking guys. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember yeah. I'm going up to Willie Plett, like hitting Willie Plett and stuff like that. And he's like, man, you know, Willie Plett was a tough guy, but he's like, man, this Dave Brown, I'm, you know, he was quiet. So um, on the ice. So, yeah, I remember that. And so when you have a guy like Dave Brown, it makes you, you know, it makes you 10 feet tall. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I know for sure. And, you know, it was impressive, too, with your, your numbers and everything. I think there was maybe two or three other guys that finished with over 400 goals and over 2,000 penalty minutes. You almost finished with just under 3,000 penalty minutes. But that's that's tough to do, man, Like you know, to, to play that brand of hockey and, and, and still put up uh, numbers and stay durable enough. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, you, you know, fighting my wears on you, man. It's I can't even imagine having to fight as much as you did and and still play a legitimate a legitimate role. I mean, I was just a four, you know, fourth liner, if, if that, uh, and know how much it took a toll on my body. But, man, that's impressive. Because I think with Shani and maybe Gary Roberts, might have been a couple other guys that did that. But that's, man, that's that's no joke. Yeah, I, th- I think you just, you know, the one thing you try to, you know, you don't want to take stupid penalties, but you, you try to use intimidation at per- certain parts of the game. You know, like, there's a time and place for it. Um, I know, I remember going into Wash and Jersey and these, you know, you know, the, you know, Hatcher and, you know, the guys like that and, and Danico and, and Stevens, they had, you know, Lyle O'Lyon, those guys were really right. tough guys. And I remember, you know, and they played, you know, they're good hockey players and they were tough and you had a, you know, it's a one, one game and it's a tough game. So, you know, usually the games were pretty good. You know, the odd time you get the odd scrap in a one, one game, but you know, if one of the teams came out slow in a period and you know, the deal, uh, you know, the next shift, I'm going to the net and I'm going to, you know, cause havoc. And then, you know, the sticks are getting up, you're cross-checking each other. Next thing, the gloves are going up. You're doing that to, to, to wake your team up or to wake yourself up. Uh, um, so that that's the thing that I prided myself on is try to use it to the advantage of the team and yourself. You know, yeah. um, you know, next time I go to the net, maybe maybe that defenseman's not going to be as hard as on me. Maybe he can't, he doesn't box me out as quick because he doesn't know what I'm going to do. Right. And I might get that goal in front of the net. So, um a lot of those goals I got were in front of that because I think sometimes some defense are like they back off on you. Yeah, you're unpredictable, right? You don't you don't really know how you're going to act all the time, or or they expect it, they think you're going to do something, so they just like lay off. I remember like Steve sure. Downey. Steve Downey, I mean, you, did you coach Steve Downey? Yeah, I had Downs in Tampa actually. He scored twenty. He actually scored twenty three goals or twenty four goals for me that year. I I, had, I actually he had a great year. Him, uh, Marty Saint Louis and Stamkos were a hell of a line. Um, yeah, I ended up getting fired the next, but he was really good that year you know yeah he kind of reminds me or reminded me a little bit of, of you in, in the sense that he, he was you know he's tough for his size and, and you know he's a little bit unpredictable especially when he got a little bit of street credit when he you know folded dean mccammon in half there in, in preseason but you know i i noticed that when i play with them it was just like guys are just kind of like unsure what he was going to do you know it's like maybe stick put a stick in your face or jump you you know what i mean even though he you know he wasn't fighting 30 times a year. He was, it was unpredictable. Right, right, right. He fucks with guys' yeah. minds, you know? And, and, you know, like you just said, they just kind of gives you an extra split second, maybe around the net, make a play or, or shoot the puck, whatever. But psychology. Yeah. Downs, I really enjoyed Downs coaching. You know, he had some issues and stuff. And the only, only Downs, he couldn't, you know, when he got to it that level, his wires were crossed, he couldn't get back down. And I, yeah. And, and that affected his career, right? Like he couldn't, yeah. he just couldn't, you know, I remember. I remember in Winnipeg, and he, he actually had two goals that game, but Bufflin hit him. He was out of control. We, we, we were up 5-2, to two, but the game, he was going crazy out there. Um, and Bufflin <laughs> killed him, and I, I think it was Devo. I love Devo as a ref. He's divorced. He's one of the best refs. I love him. And he didn't, something he didn't get penalty, but did, all of a sudden he kicked Downey out, 
And I called Devo. I go, what are you doing? Buffalo just ripped me. He goes, talk. He came up to me and said, Devo, get me out of the game or I'm going to go bananas out here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so Devo said, I'm doing you a favor. I go, thanks, buddy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Devo uh, came up to me. He said, he told me to kick him out because he said he was going to do something real stupid out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. It sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, curveball. I remember we were at a concert talk. <laughs> remember when he had that little truck and he had the Canadian flag on a rigs? Oh, yeah. Remember that oh, yeah. Truck? So he's got this truck and we're in Camden at a concert and some guys are drinking and we're leaving and they chirp him, nice flag. <laughs> right in park, downs, jumps out. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? He, wanted to he ends up in a tilly. Oh, my God. oh yeah. He was a, a loose cannon, yeah. He was he was fun to have around though. Um, I can't can't uh, let you go talk about mentioning you playing with uh, Mario and Wayne Gretzky. I mean, two of the greatest of all time, obviously. Um, well, I mean, that had to obviously it's a dumb question, but what was that like? You know, the the, the one thing with those guys, they respected everybody. You know, they 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 were you know look those guys respect the tough guy. You know, mm -hmm. you know some of their best friends are tough guys, right? Um, the one thing about those two guys is even keel, you know, uh, they score three goals, um, or whether, you know, it's a tough night. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of roller coaster in their game and their mindset. Um, and I think that's why during pressure situations, if you watch them, there's not a lot of panic in their game or anxiety because they just, they replay pressure situations in their mind. Uh, very generous to everybody. I, 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 I could be here an hour and tell you some, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff right. that they've done, uh, uh, taking care of guys monetarily uh, with their time, their families. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that to, to call them buddies of mine. And yeah. um, just even today, the stuff that they do, uh, it's, it's under-the-radar stuff. But for the games, some of the pressure goals that these you – know, I, I remember the Canada Cup with Gretz. Yeah. Some like it was unbelievable when the, the game was on the line, making that, making that backhand pass through two sticks right onto a guy's take uh, tape for a, like for a tap in or, yeah. you know, Mario, like, you know, I mean, scored a goal in every which way, right? Five. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've seen that shoot, you know, how many times he score behind the Like he'd shoot the puck off the goalie's pads right in the net. Like yeah. he meant to do that stuff. Very talented, but better. Just great human beings, like yeah. great guys. And, um, you know, not entourage guys. They don't care about fanfare and they didn't, you know, they don't have the big people around them. To, um, and, you know, the one thing I loved about them, <clears throat> they love getting jacked. You know, they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. They want to awesome. be one of the guys, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody's intimidated, right? Even the trainers, like, but, you know, after a while, he wanted guys to chirp them and, and just say, hey, I'm part of the team. That's awesome, man. I've, I've been fortunate enough to meet them both. And, and they are, like you said, they're just the nicest, nicest guys ever, man. I remember uh, when you were with LA and I think it was my first, it was probably my second year with the flyers. Um, I was working the visiting room and uh, I was always excited to see you because I've known, known you since I was a kid. You're always so good to me, but uh, you and Wayne were in that. It was actually the Sixers locker room because they would give you guys in the old spectrum. The rooms weren't that big. So there was a locker room and then there was the other room and you and Wayne were in there and uh, you, I, you know, you got me a stick from him. It's, you know, which was unbelievable, but it was funny. We were sitting there kind of talking and then you said, Hey, make sure you tell that 88 down there to take it easy on the moneymaker. I guess you, you're, <laughs> back, you're back. And I started laughing. I said, you, you've been telling me. He's like, no, I don't tell him, but 
I don't need him messing around up there with the back, you know, <laughs> call it the money maker. Though I'll never, I'll never forget that. I laughed oh, so fucking great. hard. So to take it easy. Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember, I remember too, like we, we won the game and I remember all the, I, I took the whole team. I'm not going to say where we went, Yeah, uh, <laughs> but we had a really good time and, and Wayne was there. And we had a good time. And I remember we, we actually went on like a four game winning streak. Uh, that's why that I love those team bonding things. Right. <clears throat> because you know, that that's really important. It's funny. I was talking to, I forget. I was talking to some report. Or, I was on a radio show there. They were talking about team bonding and, and is it effective? And I said, yeah, I said, it's really effective. And if it's, you know, uh, you know, you can't always do it, but I think when it's calculated and, and guys are together, I think it, it really goes a long way in those games when it's a two, two game and you're trying to, you're trying to muscle a game out. Um, and you got everybody pulling the same way. I think, um, I think it's important. Yeah. 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 I, a few, few years ago. Yeah, exactly. A few years ago, we, uh, I was still the team and, uh, we dropped 10 in a row. I mean, that's, that's, and you know, like there's times where there's games you probably deserve to win, but when it's shit snowballing and snowballing and you find a way to lose, but anyway, we landed in Calgary and I just remember Jake and, and G saying, Hey, everybody we're going you know we did have a couple days in between but we went on a fight we won every game on the west coast trip yeah. went five and oh <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> you know and yeah. i don't think anyone i don't think the coaches cared i think they knew the guys needed to do that and i know you're that kind of a guy you like the team bond you don't have to go out every day and get shit canned but even to go to lunch with everybody have a couple beers and you know whatever i think that's important um, yeah, you know what's important, Nasty? Is, is, is you're right, and that's why I really respect the guys like Chris Chelios and those type of players because the next day they're the first guys in line. You know, they're yeah. not mm-hmm. the guys that used to bother me. They they hide behind you. They're, they're right. at the back of the line. They're trying to, <clears throat> you know, they're and that that used to bug me. Like sometimes, like I've had players, <clears throat> great guys of mine, where they hey, let me go first this time. You know, they had to say they knew I was tired. We went out, so you go, hey, I got this one. Let me go first. Like right. that to me is that's team bonding. Right. Yeah. Like we're all in it together. It's not, you know, are you doing the, you know, the down and backs, the guys that stopped five yards before the blue line. And, you know, some coaches didn't say anything. That used to piss me off. Like, uh, like when I'm a head coach now, like, you know, don't embarrass your teammates. You know, if you're right. stopping five yards and you're beating the guy up the ice because you're getting a head start, you know, you're really, all you're just putting the spotlight on that guy, you know? Right. So um, that's another thing, you know, team bonding. That means on the ice too, having each other's back. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, when I saw it when last time I was in Arizona and you, uh, you were coaching there still, obviously. And uh, we were talking in the hallway and uh, we were kind of talking about guys like how the game changed a little bit. And you were, you were telling me a funny story. I was like, you kind of came into one of the rooms down at, at your end and a couple of boys were going at it. And you're like, oh, fuck, what's going on? You know, what are you japping him about? He's like, oh, we were playing we were playing our video last night, you know, whatever cops and robbers. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. I don't play yeah, those. Call things. Of duty, yeah. yeah. Something, whatever awesome. the fuck it is. And talks like talks like whatever. Fuck, just sit around. Well, I thought you guys were actually like Japanese. You like having some fun. They're talking about fucking video game. It's fucking crazy. Hey, talk guys, take their headsets, man. And they're playing those things in, the, in their, uh, you know, in their, rooms well that's why so that's why like your phone like social media yeah. you know it's it, it's obviously it's a good thing for franchise because you know it's it my helps money and you, you you actually want 
the fan to see, you know, you know, player express themselves the way they dress. I love all that stuff. But yeah, after games, you're on the team bus and like it's quiet. You just, you know, you just want a big game and guys are on their phones. Like, you know, yeah. um, you know, I think you got to be careful of that stuff. Right. I mean, enjoy the, enjoy the one right. of your teammates, you know, look at Twitter later to see how, you know, you know, yeah, hey, this guy's sort of, you know, you got 20 people saying, Oh, what a great goal by this guy. And they want to read that. Like, I get it. You know, they guys want to see that stuff, but kind of wait a little bit, wait till you get your hotel room, hotel room, man. Just like enjoy it with the win. So you got to be careful with the phones and the, and the social media because, you know, it becomes too individual, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there's a balance with that stuff. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's like connected to something else. And like the priority is being connected to the teammates and to the situation and, and the present moment, right, is the win. Right. Um, and, right. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a fine line there. It's an amazing tool. Like you said, I, I struggle with this uh, myself personally. It's right. It's like a, it's a business tool, but you can get swallowed sure. up in it and then you, you know, you're disconnected from what really matters. It's, you know, paying more attention to your children or, you know, actually being out in the community and talking to people. Right. But um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a drug, you know, there has to be, there has to be a respect towards it. Right. And, use it the right way because then then you don't have to maybe you have to have these the the, the the big hurrahs all the time to, to get guys together and communicate right it's like you do that every single day and then you maybe right yeah have more like success you said, you're connected like you're connected like present you're connected presently yeah i agree with you there for sure right on well that's awesome man I know we've taken up uh, a good chunk of your time of your here time. Um, i could keep talking to you forever Tom. Yeah, you know all that man <laughs> But well, uh, we, that's we, the guys, I'll be honest with you, this is stuff I miss, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing like, you know, reminiscing with guys that, you know, respect and, uh, you know, over the years, it's, uh, you know, it's almost like that happy hour, you know, sitting around you telling stories and because yeah. that's what we, that's the one thing you can't, you know, listen, everybody has their different paths, but, you know, you still have those memories and those funny things and they keep you going and, uh, yeah. and their experiences too. You learn from these experiences and, and these memories too. So yeah. it makes you a better person. Um, but I've always enjoyed talking to anybody in the HL or anybody just about stories and, you know, asking their opinions on stuff. So it's always fun to, to reminisce with uh, guys like yourself or whoever NHL guys or, or trainers. And I'm a, you know, nasty being on, I'm a, I'm a huge trainer guys. I, that's the one thing, like, I got to admit, like the one thing there was only, I, I, I was lucky. I had a great staff there. Wow. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tough times there and, and there's nothing better than you have a training staff that as a coach got your back or even a player yeah. that, they're part of the team, you know, yeah. they're, they, they, should, you know, I always used to laugh, like, you know, NASA, I, I don't know, like they should be involved with team bonuses, man. You're, you're part of the team. Like I never understood with some teams, they didn't have trainers included or they had to share between six, you know, one playoff share between 10 trainers, you know, you're getting a sliver, right. Um, they're part of the team man. they live and die by what we do. Um, right. And they make your life very, very comfortable. Um, so I'm a, you know, I, I didn't mean to say the hockey player. I mean, I mean, everybody. Uh, yeah. that's associated with hockey. Yeah. That's, that's part I missed too. I know we were talking on the phone the other day. We were kind of touching on yeah. that. That's, that's one of the biggest things I, I do miss. I'm, I'm enjoying myself and uh, things happen for a reason, yeah. but I do, I do miss that part of it. So we, we, we were going to talk for two minutes and we ended up talking for 45, just <laughs> shooting the show. That's just what happened. Right. But uh, we, we really do talk. We know you're busy, man. We, we appreciate you so much for, for taking the time out for us, man. No problem, man. Enjoyed it anytime. We'll do it again. All right. We're gonna yeah. get you a chief on so you yeah, can right. get it to him. <laughs> hey, and you know what? That, that reminds me, Riles. I didn't tell you this, Riles, real quick. When I was a kid, I used to come up visit my dad a couple times a year. So 
I'm not sure if it was an optional skate or you had already showered, talked. You were playing. Chief was not playing. He was he was he was not going to play that night. So Chief's doing some drills. God bless him, man. He's out there trying to work on some things. And I'm on the visiting bench in the spectrum. And talk standing there. We'll be talking, and we're just shooting the shit real quick. You probably don't remember this talk, but you took your keys out of your pocket. You went, "Hey, Chief, here you go," and he's dangling <laughs> his keys. The Chief said, "You know, no teeth. What the fuck? What the fuck is that?" And he's he goes. Some keys for those handcuffs you're wearing. <laughs> 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 and he oh, fires a puck. He fires a puck over. And I'm like, I don't think Chief knows where that thing's going, man. Oh, man. For- oh fuck. That was that's, those- good. that's the shit you miss, man. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, that's but, but before we go, I'm gonna leave you this last story. Like I it's my classic Chief and Keith Jones. We're playing Jersey in the playoffs. Big huge game. And uh, it's two two game. Chief goes through the slot, he deflects the winning goal, right? With a minute and 10 seconds or 20 seconds, right? And I'm on the bench. I go bananas. Like, we're hugging each other. It's like, you know, we're going to win the game. Like, the, 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 uh, to go up 3-1 against Jersey, right? Yeah. And we're I'm, I'm hugging guys. Luke Richardson, we're hugging each other. I go to hug Jonesy, and he looks at me, and he looks at Craig Ramsey. He goes, what's he doing on the ice? <laughs> <laughs> I never laugh so hard. Like, Everybody's cheering each other, and Jones yeah. is like, "Hey, Rammer, what's he doing on the ice?" And I love that story. And I, yeah, I, I, I can't, I awesome. can't. I told Chief after the game, and he goes, "Yep, that's Jones. That's Jones. Oh man, so fucking funny, man. Oh my god, I didn't know that one. That's what. That's I a good heard. one. That's awesome. That's oh yeah, awesome. very funny story. Fucking Jones. He's a beauty, man. Holy shit. No oh, doubt, man. But thanks, talk. We yeah, thanks a lot, no man. So, hey, good, good luck we'll, to TNT, man. We'll it's do awesome. it again for sure. Okay. Nasty, I'll talk to you, Riley. Good talking to you, buddy. Yeah. All, right, talk to you. All right, brother. That episode was brought to you by SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com. Visit D-Nasty for the best grind in town and all your hockey needs at SettleMyerSkateSharpening.com. And for all your wellness needs, functional mushroom, CBD needs, bodycheckwellness.com. And big thank you to the Rocket, Rick Tockett, for hopping on. What a beauty. Amazing career. What a wheel. Yeah, what a wheel. Well, amazing coaching career. Now he's on to a, a, a you know, different, different uh, dimension of his uh, hockey career. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's got a ton of experience on and off the ice, and now he's going to be with some of the best uh, to, to do it in the, in the studio with the with, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Paul Bissonnette, uh, Anson Carter, and and whoever else they plug in along the way. But uh, you yeah. know, TNT, pretty uh, pretty awesome gig he's got going on there, and appreciate him coming on. Yeah, man, it's awesome. And dude played one thousand one hundred forty four games in NHL. Man, no like doubt. the guy's still jacked too. Yeah, I know. He is jacked out of his mind. He looks like he'd still play. I know the knees, and as he would call his back, the moneymaker probably aren't uh, <laughs> able to do it. But, too uh, hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, he looks like he looks, no, he like, looks he like he's in great. good shape. Yeah. He's so jacked, man. It's just yeah. so funny uh, seeing him come down the hall and talking to him when I was still uh, in the game. And, and uh, he just he looked better than the players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. Or, I mean, he's just so jacked, you know. Yeah. Like, but uh, great guy, man. I thought it was cool how he talked a little bit about. Uh, reaching out to other coaches when he was coaching. Yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously, just a few. You're not gonna, but his good buddies. That's it's a pretty cool thing. And and Chief always uh, 
says that, you know, they'd run stuff by each other, you know, just, they both have staffs that they obviously use, but it's just probably good to, to do that a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think it's always a good thing to, to ask questions and bounce ideas off people. Right. I mean, it's a, it's, it's one of those uh, interesting jobs where there, there is the, the element of creativity, right? There are certain things yeah. that you, know, you, can, you can change or you can make it your own that if, if it doesn't work or if it does work, you can, you can adjust. And obviously, as we talked about, it's a game of psychology, right? It's, it's yeah. what, what, maybe what worked with this guy, what didn't work with this guy, and, and how can we adjust? And I think talking things through with buddies and, and other coaches is always a good thing. So I'm not, not surprised that he does that. It's always kind of like looking for more information, um, so you can, you know, shift and adjust and, and make your team better really at the end of the day. Yeah, you're right. Um, great to talk to a man. I, yeah. He's just one of the, he's like, he, there's some people that you, you, you know, you talk to and we could have gone on for oh, yeah. this guy. I, I mean, talk 2.0. I know just, just knowing him for so long. He was so good to me as a kid, man. Like, uh, you know, when I'd come up, he was him and chief were my favorite two guys because they were just like, like, yeah talk always makes people feel part of something, yeah. you know, you could go play with him and not know him like around a golf and he would make you feel so comfortable. He's just such a nice guy. And, uh, just, I love the dude, man. He's, he's an awesome man. Yeah. That's why he's a leader. He's a leader on the ice. He's a leader, obviously in, in the coaching yep. world, assistant and head and you still, still see him as a leader, right? I mean, he's got a voice. Yep. He speaks well, he knows the game, obviously. Um, yeah. From every dimension, like he said in the, in the pod, he played fourth line, third line, second line, first line, assistant coach, coach. I mean, he's he's seen it all, so he's got uh, he's got yeah. a grasp on on what's going on. So, wish him the yeah, best in his sure. new venture. You know, it might not be a yeah, man. forever play, but uh, it's certainly a good position for him because, as we just mentioned, yeah. he's a great speaker, knows the game, and offered to he, the hockey world. I know, and in the way he was explaining it to me, he's having a blast. He's like, so far, it was, he said it was actually fun. They treat him like a million bucks and, uh, you know, all, all first uh, first class there with TNT. So that's that's awesome, too, you know, going into something new and being treated that way. It's got to yeah. make it a little bit easier for you, you know? That's it. But I got a feeling he'll be coaching again. I think so, too. I have, yeah. I have yeah. that feeling. He just, that's, he's so competitive, man. Yeah. He's got the hunger for it still too, right? I mean, he talks yeah. about like, you know, that that's what he wanted to do and it didn't work out. There's only so many coaching jobs available every off yeah. season. So just got to be patient and stay in the game, stay visible, right? Stay stay engaged talking about it. And that's what he's doing. So uh, obviously yeah. in that role too, you have a lot of conversations with different teams, general managers, you know, scouts and all that other stuff. So you're, you're, you're really engaged more than most people think, um, you know, staying in the game. So sure we'll see him pop sure. up sooner than later yep that's right that's right all right now well, yeah that's uh 40 episode 44 in the books Bam, my number Turn in next week for episode 45 and uh until then enjoy some hockey stay safe yeah see you then knuckleheads oh, see oh. you knuckleheads even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.